0: Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet Jobs Friday, stocks of paired losses as the dollar fell, treasuries and gold gaining after U.S. employers added the fewest jobs in almost six years in May, bolstering the case for the Fed to leave rates lower for longer. The tenure up 28.30 seconds at yield one. Gold surging 2.7% up 32.70 the ounce to 12.45. Oil down 40 cents, 48.77 a barrel on West Texas Intermediate down 8 tenths of 1%. Equities lower with 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. S&P down 5 to 2099, a drop there of 3 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 28, a drop of 6 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials down 24, a drop of 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. It is time now for the ETF report. It is brought to you by VanEck Vectors ETFs. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. VanEck, access the opportunities. Let's go to Catherine Cowdery for the ETF report.
2: The number of so-called thematic ETFs is growing as fund providers try to tap into trends that offer growth opportunities. Global X offers nine, ranging from lithium to health and wellness to social media. Its newest, the Global X Millennials Thematic ETF ticker, MILN. Jay Jacobs, Director of Research at Global X, on the kinds of companies that are being included in the ETF.
1: We're really trying to marry two different ideas. So one, we're looking at the industries where millennials spend money. These are really basic industries food, education, clothing, housing, and then we're looking at the unique spending characteristics of millennials. What makes them different from other generations? So, you know, they're a tech-savvy generation as digital natives. Uh, they're physically mobile, moving across the country for college or, or work.
2: Companies in the ETF range from Amazon to Facebook to Equity Residential and Chipotle. The ETF has an expense ratio of 68 basis points and $2.3 million in total assets. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery.
0: This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio.
2: What a difference. A much weaker than forecast jobs report can make. Bonds in rally mode. Stocks lower, although not as low as they were early in the day. What is... This mean as we move into the second half of this year, joining us now is Scott Rennie, senior global equity strategist at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Scott, welcome back to the show.
3: Hi, Kathleen. Thanks.
2: So, uh, you can w- whether or not you say, "Oh, this is just a, a one-off weak jobs report," or or not. I would. Say that if you're an equity strategist like you, you still have to contend with an economy that has been mixed at best on a lot of the numbers so far this year. Now you get this ominous sign. Do you change your strategy? Do you pair something back? What do you do?
3: I think, I do not think you do that, Kathleen. And the reason I say that is because really, the, our overall theme is modest growth and modest inflation. The labor market is slowly moving in the right direction. The economy is slowly moving in the right direction. 2016 is going to look a lot like 2015. It looked a lot like 2014. It looked a lot like 2013. So, I mean, we're moving slowly in the right direction. Uh, today's non-farm payroll number, that was a surprise. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Um, but I think, um, I think the market, the market clearly absorbed this news pretty well. And when I look at that data, you know, hey, uh, 2.5% year-over-year, year, uh, average hourly earnings change, which I believe is the most important number in that report um and has been for the last six or seven months. Um You, you know, there's nothing to get excited about, but I don't think it's the end of the world either. And I, I don't want to say it's a one-off, but I don't think this is the start of a trend.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad it's not the the start of a trend, or at least uh, it's not going to get you too uh, too worried, uh, Scott. But you keep talking about the things moving in the right direction. How do you know they're moving in the right direction until you've actually reached your destination?
3: Well, Pim, you know, of course, what they're paying us to do is to try to make some projections here, and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, average hourly earnings, which are, are I'm sorry, initial jobless claims come as, comes out every Thursday at 8.30 uh, Eastern Time. That is a great leading indicator, and we look forward on that, and we make projections on that number, and we're through about January of 2017. That's about as far out as we can look and feel like we have a lot of accuracy. Um, continues to be under 300,000. Any time you see that number under probably even 320,000, uh that's a darn good number. So, you know, it's things like that leading indicators when we project uh LEI um leading economic at, indicators. Yes, yeah, when you, when you look at the But that's uh, the
1: economy. I'm talking market. about the stock
3: market. I mean, the reason well, the stocks go you know, I mean, you know, you have to think about the economy is what allows companies to prosper or to not prosper. So, the foundation of everything we do is trying to figure out what's the economy going to look like going ahead. I think valuations here in the U.S., they're only slightly ahead of the 30-year median. Um, And, you know, let's face it, the Federal Reserve is not going to tighten up on us, you know, too much here, I don't think, or at least we're not counting on it. So corporate earnings are going to look a lot better in the remaining Part of the year, the GDP growth going to look better. It's all going to look better in 2017. The market knows that. That's why we're sitting up here at 2100 in the S&P 500.
2: Hmm. Well, the bond market begs to differ, do you think? I mean, you've got the 10-year down to $1.7. You've got the tier year down to 77 A big move up in utilities today led by Con Edison and SEMPRA.
3: Well, Kathleen, I hate to admit it, but as an equity guy, bond guys are smarter. Um, but uh <laughs> and, um but and you know, a 170 a 170 10-year yield, um does that make me happy? Mm, it definitely doesn't. Uh, does it make me think that uh, the equity guys um are are are, you know, wrong and the bond guys might be right and we might see this yield dip even lower? Mm, I don't know. I roll that through my mind all the time, but certainly we're in a Modest growth environment. There's no reason to expect that uh, we're going to see much more than you know two percent g p growth this year, probably next year as well. So, you know, we're in a mode here where there's some flight to quality. It's slow growth, um, but you know, you have to say if if you think this ten-year yield's going below 150, I mean, that's that's not a good sign. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. But
1: unless you uh, happen to be long bonds,
3: well, unless you happen to be long bonds, and of course, you know, with with uh, clients and and you know, retail clients are bread and butter here, and we tell them to have diversified portfolios, and this is one of the reasons why we do that.
2: Well, Scott, as we discussed earlier with George Goncalves from uh, Nomura, part of the reason bonds are doing so well is because of there's so many negative bond yields around the world. The Treasury is the place, Treasury markets a place to be. I want to get more specific about stocks because. If you're right, if the economy does better, we don't know. What, what, what are good investments right now? What industries look good? Do I go to technology? Banks sold off today? Is there value there? What do you suggest?
3: Well, uh, financials we can't get too excited about just because we don't think interest rates are going to be moving enough and the economy is not going to be accelerated, uh, accelerating enough to get excited about financials. But we we are overweight the consumer discretionary sector in there. Things like household appliances, general merchandise stores, internet retail. Those industry groups look good. Uh, industrials we like things like industrial conglomerates, conglomerates, construction, engineering. Uh, we, we're overweight technology, so they'd be semiconductor equipment. App- application software uh, consulting and services, and we also recently added health care to uh, our overweight recommendations and you know that 's traditionally a defensive sector we've been leaning cyclical, but I think when you look at a evaluation relative valuation, healthcare has gotten hit here on evaluation purpose on a on evaluation basis, uh, where something like telecom, which we went underweight on uh, had been you know really outperforming so uh, we like healthcare, care, but it's purely evaluation play. I continue to believe healthcare care is going to be a defensive sector. Earnings growth is not going to be anywhere near what it was when we had the surge after the initial AC, uh, Affordable Care Act came into play. Um, but, you know, those are the four sectors that we like. Three of them are very cyclical. One of them is defensive, and we certainly want to lean cyclical Um Through the balance of this year.
1: Hey, Scott, let's just suspend this idea for just a second that the economy and the stock market are linked, just for argument's sake. I've been looking at some details having to uh, to deal with equity funds, global equity funds, recording net outflows of about $9 billion. Cumulatively, over the past seven weeks, we're talking about a $59 billion outflow. If you take the idea that the reason stocks go up is someone else is willing to pay more for the Stock that you bought... Is there a possibility that people just are not interested in putting their money into stocks? Period. Well, can, stop.
3: You know, Pim, you and I have talked about this really probably for the last couple of years at least, and you know, retail clients have been sitting on their hands. The volatility earlier this year didn't help. They didn't sell on the way down. They didn't buy on the way back up. Um, our clients have uh, too much cash. At least that's in our opinion. They're underinvested in stocks. Uh, they're fearful uh, of the market. So, um, you know, when I Hear the numbers on the outflows uh, to me, you know here we are within a couple of percent of the all time record high in the s and p five hundred after all that outflow um, to me that 's a contrarian indicator and when uh, when retail investors uh, are hesitant when they 're cautious and you see these outflows, um, you know, to me, we're not at the top in the market, and that's a a good contrarian indicator. So it makes me actually feel better that that 2,190 to 2,290 target we have year-end is uh, is good.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, You're good to have on, always. Scott Wren, Senior Global Equity Strategist, Wells Fargo Investment Institute, giving us his thoughts and details about the stock market. It ain't over yet. We're coming up to the close. You're listening to Taking
2: Stock on Bloomberg Radio.